Have you ever seen that social media post which says, My mind is like an internet browser. 17 tabs are open, three of them have frozen, and I don't know where the music's coming from. In this episode, we're looking at how fractured focus affects our concentration. I'm Mish Bondizio, a writer, coach, consultant, and the founder of Growth Sessions. I'm also your host for Creating Cadence, a podcast for life and work in motion. This podcast is for people working in creative and digitally focused industries. I cover topics and skills which help you to create momentum, work with purpose, and live with more intention. In the last episode of Creating Cadence, episode 7, I explored our issues with procrastination and why it's so challenging of late. Following on from that, we're now looking at concentration, why our focus is so fractured, and three simple things that we can do to help rebuild it. The mental energy that powers our attention, our willpower, our decision-making and actions all comes from the same source, and it depletes easily every day. Our attention is under constant attack, from a deluge of news and other content, as we live and work vicariously online, and advertisers and other companies take advantage of that. At the time of recording, many months into the pandemic, many of us are also experiencing some level of crisis fatigue. All of these elements cause our focus to be fractured. They dilute and divert our flow of attention, affecting our productivity and putting pressure on our well-being. So let's look at where our attention is flowing and our capacity for consuming what holds our attention. The American psychiatrist Edward Hallowell has this to say about the impact of our modern-day levels of distraction. We now have a generation of people who spend many hours in front of a computer monitor or a cell phone and who are so busy in processing the information received from all directions that they lose the ability to think and feel. Most of this information is superficial. People are sacrificing depth and feeling and are cut off from other people. In other words, too much of our attention energy is kept occupied with superficial distracting diversions. They prevent us from paying attention to what really counts. But just how much can our brain actually take? In 2016, researchers calculated that our brains hold the equivalent of about 34 gigs of images, words, and music every single day. Although tech is advancing rapidly, that's currently more than some smartphones. The study revealed that our brain's total memory storage capacity over our lifetime is around 2.5 petabytes. A petabyte or a petabyte is 1,000 terabytes, And to put 2.5 of them into a perspective that might be more comprehensible, 2.5 petabytes is the equivalent of 3 million hours of TV shows. Our mental hard drives might not be filled to capacity just yet, but these researchers also indicated that we are exposed to the content equivalent of at least 23 words per second during our waking hours. That number has probably increased since the study was done too. We know we're bombarded with information of all kinds daily, but do you know just how much this deluge of content can fracture your attention? David Perez wrote an article for Evernote a while back 
about fractured focus. I'll share it in the show notes. I like the helpful analogy that he uses to describe what fractured focus can mean. If your directed attention is a river, he says, each tiny distraction, a text, a notification, a pop-up, is a rivulet that diverts part of the flow. So, fractured attention means that your focus is fragmented, split into many smaller streams that trickle away, which means that you can't bring your full concentration to any one thing. So how do we manage the deluge of content and stem the loss of our attention? How do we reduce the distraction and support our concentration better? To rebuild our concentration skills, the first thing we can do is to direct the flow of our attention more intentionally. We need to practice creating time away from distraction to give our mind space to percolate, create, problem-solve, and focus. You'll hear me saying this often on the podcast because it's that important. Simple ways could be putting your phone in a drawer during the day so that you aren't tempted to reach for it while you're working. Or turning off all your desktop notifications and closing your email when you're not using it. If you can't do it permanently, then try for set periods of time during your workday. Or how about creating a sleep sanctuary by banning your phone from your bedroom? Even when we're not using our smartphones, if we can see them, they're raising our cortisol levels. Research also suggests that our phone addictions are shortening our lifespans and affecting our brain function and ability to reason. This makes us more prone to doing less intelligent things and making stupid decisions. This is not particularly helpful when we need all of our cognitive superpowers to tackle the big challenges currently facing humanity. With little more than 10 to 12 years and 60 harvests to get our planet out of the duang, I'm not exaggerating here. We've really got to concentrate on what's important. Now, of course, we will need tech and digital tools to help us, and tech can be used for good, but not when it controls us. So how do we get better at changing our habits and supporting our brains to do what's needed? One answer can be found in a slightly unlikely place. You see, our ability to focus is also supported by our ability to move and to play. As a second option for rebuilding our concentration skills, let's look at why it's important to put our feet first. Studies have found there's a correlation between walking and concentration. Our brain loves to follow repeating and rhythmic patterns, It's called the frequency-following response. When it comes to walking, as the rhythm of our brain's activities start to sync with the rhythm of our walking movement, it's been found to boost our brain function, creativity, and well-being. Walking also helps us to work through complex problems, which is a form of training for our brain muscles. Walking helps our brain to hold and synthesize information better in other situations too. A quick aside on the benefits of walking. It was an important part of my recovery from burnout a few years back. If you want to know more about my story, then listen to episode one. At the time, walking became one of the few ways that I could order my over-anxious thoughts to get through the day. Today, it is still a key part of my work processes and life rituals. For me, walking fulfills lots of important roles. It's not only exercise and a chance to connect with nature. It's my go-to meditation. 
and I also use it as a brainstorming activity. It helps me focus, work through challenges, and develop creative ideas, not to mention keeps me calm, sane, and energized. I also see walking as a form of play, which brings me to the third thing that we can do to help support our concentration skills. Giving your brain space to play and be bored are essential parts of the creative thinking process. Being okay with being bored gives you the opportunity to be alone with your own thoughts instead of being inundated with digital stimuli and other people's thoughts. Play could be drawing, writing, basketball, knitting, singing or dancing or a host of other hobbies and creative making activities that can fall by the wayside when our workload gets too full. Play can also be joy-bringing activities that we can do just for the sake of doing them, not because we think we have to. This is something that the British artist and illustrator Steve Chapman refers to as doing things just for nice. Other mammals continue to play throughout their adult lives. In part, this is because it builds and hones their survival skills. But in part, it's also because nobody told them they had to stop playing. So why do so many of us humans stop playing when we grow up? Unfortunately, many adults think and say they don't have enough time or space to just think or play. And what kind of example does that set for our children? Jason Fried, the co-founder of Basecamp, once commented on Twitter that kids' schedules are managed to the minute to fit it all in by adults that live that exact same life at work. I find that a sad but pertinent commentary on our current social structures. If we're restricting our children's time and space to play, we're creating a breeding ground for fractured focus and health issues. Often nowadays when our kids do get to play, they're playing with toys that involve screens. Even before the pandemic, studies have highlighted that real-life human interaction is increasingly lacking in our children's play behaviours, and access to outdoor play areas are disappearing too. Instead of becoming time-deprived and play-deprived people, let's rather show our children, and the child inside each of us, how to have fun. So let's concentrate on what matters here. There are three simple things you can do to stop fracturing your focus and start building your mental muscles. Put it away, walk, and play. Yes, it's that simple. But as one of my mentors, Brendan Burchard, always says, common sense is not always common practice. So how about we concentrate on setting the example by practicing? Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please do share with your colleagues, family and friends. I've shared a few articles in the show notes which cover the science bits and some practical tips for improving your concentration. In future episodes, I'll keep looking at ways that we can be more mindful and intentional in our day-to-day, at both work and play. If you want to hear more from me, then please visit growthsessions.co. There you can sign up for monthly cadence updates about topics that will help you to create more momentum work with purpose, and live with intention. Until next time, do take care out there. Bye for now.